Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Welcome. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy is on assignment working on a great upcoming Fox Nation project. I'm Harry Hurley with Michael and Joshua filling in today. Uh, Such a busy news day. I mean, and could there be a more relevant day? We're your lead in literally to something that has never occurred in American history. A former president of the United States will be in federal court moments after this program finishes today in Miami, Florida, uh, to be arraigned on a 37-count criminal indictment over the alleged handling of classified documents. Important to know, because I think some people get confused, the U.S. District Judge Aileen Cannon is the lead judge in the case. However, she will not preside over today's arraignment. Magistrate Judge Jonathan Goodman will do so. What I think is interesting about all of this, almost everything that you could imagine in Bizarro World is playing out. I made a prediction before. I knew he would be indicted because Jack Smith, that's what he does. That's what Jack Smith does. Now, everybody knows who Jack Smith is. Uh, and, and I will tell you, his record is a spotty one. He's very aggressive. Remember, you can go to a grand jury. The old expression, you, and it's, it's, it's a cliche, and, and it sounds you know very um, casual and cavalier, that you can indict a ham sandwich. You go before a grand jury and say it's – I'll pick a number. Say it's 23 people. You need 12 people. You get your indictment. So you're going to get that almost every single time. It's very rare that a prosecutor goes – and that's why never make too much of an indictment. Look, if the case is strong, uh, then the person is in, in danger. They're in great peril. But never get too lathered up. For example, Alvin Bragg in New York City, that case is garbage. Everybody knows it's garbage. He overcharged. He charged outside his scope. He has no authority to charge federally. He made one count, dozens and dozens of counts. Uh, I will say Jack Smith did that here, and that's usually a telltale. When you overcharge, when you typically have a really, really strong case, and I know a lot of experts are saying how strong this case is against the president. Don't be so sure. I'm not, I'm not that sure how strong this is at all because, remember, in the decisions that were being made out of Washington, when they got the permission to do certain interviews and bring people before the grand jury, and remember, it then got moved to Florida, and I think it got moved to Florida. In fact, I know it got moved to Florida for good reason. The reason was it was not buttoned down. It was it was fraught with being appealed and, and successfully being appealed that, look, the, uh, the search warrant was conducted in Florida. Everything about the case with the records is centered in Florida. This is not like January 6th and anything that you're doing relative to that. And, and I think that that's going to result in an indictment as well. Nobody's talking about that. I also think Georgia is going to wind up being an indictment for the president, the former president, the 45th president of the United States. And let's get a few things out of the way real quick here on Jimmy's program, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There'll be no handcuffs today. I made that prediction hours and hours and hours ago. There'll be no mugshot. And the reason there won't be is because it's not required. Trump's not a flight risk. He's not a dangerous individual that has to be restrained. 
So then the fact that you could put someone in handcuffs doesn't mean you have to put them in handcuffs. And as it relates to the mugshot, I think a lot of people believe, and, and you would be wrong if you believe this or believed it, past tense, that there has to be a mugshot. It's not required. A mugshot is typically done when you have someone that could be a danger to the public and that it's in the public's interest to get a look at this person. Maybe it's the type of person that's they could be out and they know who did it, but they're not um, they're not in in custody at the moment. And so you you would be concerned that this person is out in the public and the public could know what they look like. Again, the president is one of the most recognizable former President Trump, one of the most recognizable people in the world. So the only reason and, and this would come from President Biden, from Merrick Garland, from Jack Smith, the only reason to do handcuffs and to do a mugshot would be because you could and to stick it to your chief political rival. And look, most of America right now believes even if you believe the charges or some of the charges, I don't think there's much disagreement. And the early polling is is showing that that this is political. There's a reason that in almost 250 years, no president nor any former president has ever been federally criminally charged. And there's a reason for that. Because when you charge someone like that, you're supposed to take into consideration what we're charging this person with. Is it worth what it would do to the country? They're supposed to use judgment. But I believe they cannot they cannot do that. They have the power to do this. Let's not forget. And again, I appeal to open minded people, not Trump deranged people, because it doesn't matter. You want him fingerprinted. You want him handcuffed. You want him to die in jail. And if he's found guilty of any one of these 37 charges, he will die in prison. I don't believe ultimately that this is ever even going to go to trial. I might be in the minority on that opinion. And if it does go to trial because higher courts say, look, it's premature, uh, we would need a decision and we're not going to take the case yet, they would take it after the fact. You know, we've had things in this case such as the attorney to the president, the former president, having to testify about conversations that they had. That, that's against, it's against everything. You're supposed to be able to talk to your attorney and say anything because you have the attorney-client protection, privilege. Well, that was suspended. I also believe that the, the warrant to do the, um, the search at Mar-a-Lago will also ultimately be kicked out. So then if the, if the fruit is poison, then anything that was gained from that no longer counts and the case would collapse and the case would be dismissed. So I ultimately believe that an appellate court, if it ever gets there, or the Supreme Court ultimately, and not just because it's a allegedly a conservative court. I mean, look, look at the way that Brett Kavanaugh and and John Roberts, I mean, you, you can't even say necessarily. I think you can say it knee-jerk that it's a conservative court, but, but the conservative, so-called conservative members, you have Clarence Thomas, you have Sam Alito, and not much more that you could absolutely guarantee almost know how they're going to vote. 
even though even though the great Antonin Scalia would once in a while confound people and vote where people would say, wow, that's a liberal ruling. But Antonin Scalia was, if you can use that word without it sounding like a, sounding like a dirty word, he was liberal in certain rights areas. But it's not even to me a slam dunk. You don't even know case to case what's going to happen with the current can't even say it's the Roberts court. He's been coming over to the conservative side because the chief justice never wants to be on the the losing side of decisions after decisions. So people say it's six, three conservative. I I really think it's more like um, four to four and one or four, three and one. It's it's or two rather four, three and two. It's very um, hard to call. But I think on a case like this, I don't think it would sustain additional scrutiny. So, of course, it's a spectacle, the, the president arriving to the Miami courtroom. Uh, he'll plead not guilty to 37 criminal counts. And then that'll be that. It, it will get a lot of coverage, and then it will get quiet. Then if there's ever a leak or a development, it'll get loud again. And then we'll hear about Georgia, and then we might hear further about January 6th and anything that, that could happen with Jack Smith relative to Washington, D.C., and then ultimately it will come to a point, because I can assure you people ask this uh, because they know that I know the president, will he drop out of the race? Would he make a plea deal and drop out of the race if they said, look, this will all go away, but you can't run, something like that? No way, no how. He's in it. He's not, he's not taking a deal. He's going to plead not guilty today, in my opinion. We'll see, but I'm sure that I say that comfortably on the Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon program, and then we'll take it from there. Now, it'll be inconvenient because there will be times where this will be coming up during very strategic points of the Republican primary. It does give his opponents the opportunity initially, most except for my former governor, Governor Christie, and former governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson, almost everyone is supporting it. I think it's good politics, actually, because remember, if you're going to beat the champ, then you have to keep his support when it's all over or you can't win. So Governor DeSantis and the other candidates, uh, Senator Scott et al., uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, they're all calculating that the right thing to do is to support this as overcharging, overzealous, uh, double standard, uh, you know, I don't want to get into the look what they didn't do to Hillary game, but come on. She had an off the book server with classified documents, destroyed documents, took pickaxes to digital devices and uh, bleach bit. And all of this, these these were all the documents at all under federal subpoena. And then infamously, James Comey, who can't wait to see President Trump locked up says no reasonable prosecutor. He said all these terrible things that she did, but no reasonable prosecutor. When he said, however, my just jaw dropped, because after the word however was no reasonable prosecutor would bring charges, which maybe in a former America, when a handful of people were too big to jail, maybe you could sell that garbage, but you can't anymore. I think President Trump is right when he says that Joe Biden broke the seal. And, and you, you I think you'll agree with this, Republicans, Democrats and independents. Once you do this, 
And you cannot separate. You cannot make Jack Smith as though he was conjured up out of thin air and that the president and the attorney general had no no involvement at all. Now, Merrick Garland selected Jack Smith. Now, open book quiz. How many people in Jimmy's audience on Fox Across America can name the special counsel that's heading up the Joe Biden documents issue? Many people forget that he even has a special counsel. And uh, and then if you're reminded, oh, yeah, that's right. He's got one, too. You don't know who it is. Because Merrick Garland picked a professional, tame, non-leaker special counsel by the name of Robert Herr. And you'll forget it five minutes from now, maybe five seconds from now. But you're not going to forget Jack Smith, are you? You've seen this guy. He's very aggressive. He has spoken about it. They've been leaking all throughout this. No leaks about Biden. Tremendous leaks about Trump. So even if you think Trump did all of it or some of it, it's really hard to be serious and say there's not a double standard in how this was done. I mean, look. Hunter Biden's been under investigation for more than five years. Look how fast Jack Smith brought a 37-count indictment. Russia collusion went on for three years plus. And I think it was like $28 million. No charges. It was disproven. It was fake. Actually, Hillary was actually behind it all. How about that? For a, for a, for a cliffhanger. What is that called? Like a twist in the plot. It's like Scooby-Doo, the mystery van. They rip the rubber mask off and it's Hillary. Oh, yeah. Hillary uh, is behind this. And of course she was. And Obama knew and Biden knew. They say they didn't, but they knew. It's proven they knew. And so they make it that uh, Trump is a Russian asset. He's a Russian spy because Hillary knew she had to take all the heat off of her for what she did. So how does Jack Smith conjure up a 37-count indictment, lickety-split like this, in several months? And the reason is simple. It couldn't go on and on because we just have a—some traditions would be followed. We have an unwritten rule in this country about not charging too close to an election. So he got it out about a year and a half out as—this as, is about as late as you could get away with doing this. That's why it happened so quick. Because they wanted it to. This would normally have taken much, much longer. I mentioned at the outset, outset, it it is a busy, busy day here on the program. And we're going to be right back. Please don't go away. Great guests. We want to take your phone calls. I hope you'll check in at 888-788-9910. That's 888-788-9910. You've heard a little bit about my thoughts Let's let's hear what you have to say as well. 888-788-9910 with Mike and Josh. I'm Harry. We're filling in for Jimmy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. Welcome back to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Harry Hurley filling in today with Michael and Joshua. So, you know, I'm with the A-Team and we're going to have a great program today. We've got wonderful guests coming by. We have important content and really history. Uh, it's sad for the country. And, and, and I, I don't speak for anyone other than myself, but I do believe that there are certain things we can agree on, even in the most divided America that we have been since the Civil War. And that is that. We just disagree about everything, and it used to be that we could talk with one another. Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan had a phenomenal relationship. People like Orrin Hatch and Ted Kennedy, great relationship. You could fight like heck, you know, on the floor and during the day, and they went out to dinner together, and uh, they were collegial. You know, it used to be that you had policy differences. Now it is it's such a visceral uh, level uh, where it, it rises to, to almost hatred. And it's, it's no good. It's no good for our country. It's no good for our children to see this, our grandchildren to see this. It's just not the America that, you know, you think about what our founders did uh, to make this all possible, how we won in the most unlikely manner uh, under just – Odds that just defy anything. And yet this is where we find ourselves, literally fighting over everything. Even when cities were burning and people were calling for police departments to be defunded, we couldn't agree that that's a bad idea. We're watching major stores close all over the country. Cities like San Francisco, Los Angeles, Portland, Seattle, Chicago, Philadelphia, New York City, I mean, New York City is known as the greatest city in the world. And we're looking at a time where stores are being robbed. They can't, they can't, they have to leave the city they're in because they can't keep up with it. It's really, really sad. We're going to be right back. Don't go away. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Welcome back to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon with Michael and Joshua. 
Harry Hurley filling in today. Jimmy is on assignment working on a Fox Nation project. Busy news day, of course. If you're, I'm sure that many are following it with like a countdown clock or something, the 3 o'clock hour Eastern Standard Time uh, when a president, a first president, a former president or current president, anyone that's held the title of president. And a great trivia question is, how many presidents have there been? Almost everyone will tell you 46, but there have been 45 because one president, uh, Grover Cleveland, served two non-consecutive terms. He ran and won. He lost. And then he won the rematch. And a lot of people think that history could repeat itself with President Trump winning the presidency, losing the presidency to Joe Biden. And unless something uh, unforeseen happens, it looks like I saw in a I think it was a Quinnipiac University poll uh, earlier today. This would have come out late yesterday. Uh, One of the comments was that it appears as though President Trump has an insurmountable lead in the Republican primary. I, I would say in any normal time. Of course, that would be true. I mean, if you look, look at the um, it's almost supernatural. There are people that they 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 shake their head. They can't figure it out. CBS poll comes out uh, after the announcement of the indictment. In a 37 count federal indictment of President Trump, that actually his numbers have gone up. With a near 40 percent lead. Over Governor DeSantis, the president is over 60 some percent in the CBS poll. Governor DeSantis is in the low 20 percentile, something like 22, 23 percent. And then you have the rest at seven and then most of them down at like one percent. So what is it about President Trump's support that he can be indicted in Manhattan by Alvin Bragg on a number of counts in that situation. Then you have the civil matter in New York City that the president was found responsible for an alleged event that he denies that that the accuser who prevailed in a court and a jury uh, that they say that they found for the um, the plaintiff. It's, it's a civil matter, not criminal. And now the indictment, the 37 count indictment by the special counsel, Jack Smith. And after each one of these, if you want to say guilty findings, even though the civil thing is not a guilty finding, but he was found responsible. If you want to say, just for casual, you know, speak, that three in a row have gone against the president, but yet his numbers keep going up against President Biden and also in the Republican primary. So when you look at this, what is that about? What does that mean? Has there is this truly the Teflon Don? Is this is this that no matter what? I think you might recall. I don't remember if it was in the first campaign or the second campaign. It may have been the first campaign when he joked, the president joked that he could commit a, a, a drive by in broad daylight and his poll numbers would go up. The CBS poll also gleaned, if you, you look in the tabulars, that 80 percent of GOP voters say that President Trump should be president even if he's convicted. So you have a um, an understanding as to because some people say, oh, my God, he's indicted. How, how can he run? Well, remember, indictment is just accusation. See, the word indictment 
I think the whole grand jury system in our country has to be overhauled. It's very flawed because what used to just be considered an allegation, now people use the word indictment like you've been convicted. It's, it's an allegation. Just like there were allegations that President Trump was a Russian asset, a Russian spy. And none of it was true, but people like Adam Schiff and many others repeated it with great regularity, even saying they've seen the evidence. They can't tell you because it's top secret, but they've seen the evidence that President Trump colluded with Russia. Only Robert Mueller and Wiseman and all these um, political hit job men, they certainly tried. If they could have attached any of it to Trump, they would have done it. So this is an interesting stat. A full 80 percent of GOP voters still say that former President Trump should be the president even if he's convicted now so that we have a clear understanding about what goes on here. You can run. In fact, what's he called? Um, oh, I forget. I forget the guys. Tiger King. The Tiger King is in jail right now. He's running for president. You can run for president from your jail cell, indicted every day for the next hundred years. The only time you cannot run for president of the United States is if you've been convicted of treason. I think it's good because the way they set it up is, hey, if, if, if somebody is charged with all these things, but the American people picked this person to be the president, so they look beyond that. So there's none of these charges that have anything to do with the president being eligible to run. Now, of course, some may say it's disqualifying for them. I don't like what I'm hearing. I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like these documents I see. Now, keep in mind, you know that they lined up all those pictures. They could have done that to President Biden, and they didn't do it. He had classified documents on the floor. Why, why didn't they lay them out all over the greasy floor with the oil next to the Corvette in the garage? that President Trump called a paper-thin door. President Trump, at least, the stuff was locked up. Oh, no, it was in the toilet. It was in the, it was in the shower. Now, it's locked in Mar-a-Lago with the Secret Service. I mean, there's no comparison to the garage and these other places where President Biden had classified documents. Why didn't they, if we're being fair, if it's not a two-tier system, why didn't they lay out the classified documents and put envelopes that say classified and go, go Gomez and Dick Tracy and decoder rings and all Captain Crunch ring. Why didn't why didn't they put all this on on the floor and take a picture of that? Because they didn't want to give the American people any optic that President Biden has done this. He, he gets completely away with it. Nobody knows. I keep forgetting Robert Herr. Uh, nobody knows this guy. Who's Robert Herr? He's Biden's counsel, special counsel. What, Biden has a special counsel? Oh, yeah, you didn't know that? Oh, that's right, they don't leak the way it does on Trump. So if there's any fairness, and there's not, let's at least admit there's no fairness. Don't don't internally acknowledge that there's no fairness, but then externally say that there is fairness. There is no fairness. Nothing is being treated the same way at all. So that's why a lot of Trump voters, and that's why I don't think that Governor Christie's approach is a winning approach at all. I don't think, and I, and I think that Governor Hutchinson's approach 
is not a winning approach. Now, the challenge is if you're Governor DeSantis and you want to win and you just say, hey, if I become president, I'll, I'll pardon President Trump and uh, they've overcharged and, you know, the double standard. They're saying all the things supportive of President Trump, but at the same time, they're running against him. So I don't know what the sweet spot is in terms of this. I don't think it's going to help him, but maybe what former Vice President Pence is saying, he doesn't like what was done here and that there is an unfairness, but that, you know, the charges should be, you know, uh, whatever adjudicated or whatever he said. But the Christie approach, I think, is a loser. Uh, It might resonate if you absolutely hate Trump, then you love what Christie is doing. And that universe is small in the Republican primary. It's it's wider if you want to be friends with CNN and and George Stephanopoulos and people like this. George Stephanopoulos pretends that Biden doesn't have uh, classified documents. I watched Lindsey Graham tune them up. Shouldn't say watched them. I read the transcript. I will never watch those programs. Garbage. So the Republican voters are unmoved. And you would think, all right, the first time, the second time, now it's the third time. What is to lead you to believe that if Jack Smith indicts President Trump in Washington for January 6th, whatever they decide there, and in Georgia, if there's an indictment? Much more to cover. We're going to be right back. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are back with Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy has a day off. He's on assignment working on a Fox Nation project. Michael Joshua, yours truly, Harry Hurley, filling in today. For Jimmy, and again, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. On the Fox Across America, Jimmy Fallon hotline is a great friend of the program, great American, served with uh, honor and distinction, a retired New York Police Department inspector, founder of OpsDesk.org, and his Twitter handle is The Ops Desk. Paul Morrow joins the program. Paul, welcome to Jimmy's program. Hi there. Hello, how are you? I'm well. It's great to talk to you. And everybody is going to be talking about President Trump and the arraignment. And maybe we'll come to that in a little bit. But let's talk about something different, but certainly a a very significant issue and clearly uh, in New York City. And that's the Daniel Penny uh, issue, the veteran that's charged with manslaughter in the death of the subway uh, rider uh, Jordan Neely. Uh, And this I don't think it was a chokehold. My brother uh, is retired police also. uh, And I don't think it was a chokehold, but that's what the media calls it. Uh, You know, he 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 looks at it like he defended himself, that he was defending people on the subway. You did the job for a career. If you have a guy in a confined area saying that. I don't care if I go to jail. Basically, I don't care if I die. He's telling you that he has very bad intentions. So if you feel that your life is threatened, I know that we're in bizarro world now, but you are still allowed to defend yourself in the United States of America, aren't you? You are, of course. And, you know, a new significant, uh, I consider significant fact, came out of these recent videos that Daniel Penny has released, which is that he says 
that um, at one point, Jordan Neely says, in addition to everything you just said, that he said something like, I'm going to kill you. Well, there you go. That's a level of threat that argues then that, uh, okay, he is looking to employ deadly force. That is, Jordan Neely is. So you're in the confined area. You're between stations. For some reason, the meme got out there that the uh, chokehold, quote-unquote so-called chokehold, was 15 minutes long. It was not. He says it was Um, like under five minutes. Under five. I actually clocked it at about three and a half. He clocks it. uh, That is, uh, Daniel Penny clocks it a little bit longer. Okay. Either way, it was nowhere near 15 minutes. And what it really comes down to in the legal analysis is whether or not the threat that was employed – uh, that was uh, portrayed, rather, by Jordan Neely, whether Daniel Penny met that threat with a commensurate amount of force. And it comes down to that balancing, balancing act. And you really can throw a lot of legalese out the window. It really comes down to, was Daniel Penny's actions, were they reasonable in light of the threat that Jordan Neely uh, presented? And when you consider that nobody on that car had any idea whether or what his intentions was were, but also... Did Neely have a weapon? You never hear about that, but no, you don't know that at the time. So he takes his jacket off, which is very indicative of, hey, I'm here to throw down. Yes. He yells that I'm going to kill you. He's acting very, very erratically, apparently getting into people's faces, et cetera. Ultimately, he felt he couldn't, uh, that is, Daniel Penny couldn't ignore it any longer, did what he did. And the question is going to become really this specific. Did he hang on too long? And that's going to be a jury question. My own prediction is that, Daniel Penny is not going to get convicted in this city in the New York current state of mind. Do you think it's more likely that it will be a hung jury? I do. That's where I, do I think it'll go. I, I do, too. I think too. that um, it's going to be um, – in all keys, uh, they, they went I, – I believe they went for a way uh, too high a charge here. Yes. Um, they went for the reckless charge at best – I think that they'll probably they'll probably get the indictment, but maybe they only get the indictment on the criminally negligent charge, which is a uh, a negligent standard, which is the lower charge. But whatever indictment they get, and you know, it's always possible they don't get the indictment at all. That the grand jury comes back with no true bill, but I think they likely will get an indictment. I, the I prosecutor can steer it, you know, and um, it'll probably go. I think to trial. I don't think Daniel Penny is going to. Um, take a plea. I don't think he's looking to do any jail time on this. Jail's not going to be a very friendly place to him under these circumstances. No. And I think we likely, as you say, get a home jury. Paul Morrow, retired New York Police Department inspector, founder of OpsDesk.org on the, on the uh, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, newsmaker hotline. Here's what I believe. In days gone by, this 24-year Marine veteran would not have been charged. There'd be nothing. It would be looked at and it would be considered that what was done was reasonable, and that would be that it would be over. But, of course, we live in this crazy defund the police era, fiery but mostly peaceful protests. Somehow the bad guys are the good guys, and the good guys are the bad guys. So no surprise in, in you know, Alvin Bragg's world that this is, this is the kind of justice that, that we see, uh, which I think is terrible. Do you agree that in days gone by, Daniel Penny would not even have been charged? I think likely not. And I think here's how it would have gone. Um, And the way it did go is the real tell. So the NYPD shows up. They assess the situation. 
they're there actually before the medics, and they um, administer aid to no avail. You do see, though, that he is still breathing. That is, uh, Jordan Neely is still breathing, even subsequent to Daniel Penny releasing the chokehold. So I think the way it would have gone in the past is that way it seemed to be going initially, which is the NYPD assesses the situation. Everybody takes a deep breath. Daniel Penny is identified. He's not going any place. He's a, uh, you know, an armed forces. Um, I believe he was just out, right? He is uh, going into being a, um, you know, a, uh, you know, the semi-retirement from the yes. military and looking for a job. So we know he's not going any place. He's fully ID'd. So the idea then is that we do a full investigation. The, the um, DA's office does a full investigation. And then the whole thing is presented to a grand jury for them to make the decision. That's how it would have gone in the past. What the grand jury does at that point, you don't know, but you'd have a heck of a lot more facts before you rush to the arrest. And what could very well have happened in the past is when the whole thing is packaged up, the more cool assessment is conducted and it's presented to the grand jury. The grand jury could decide not to indict because you may have things like a toxicology report. All right. Apparently, Jordan Neely was a habitual K2 user, a heavy drug user, had had a number of psychotic instances in the past. And just like in the Eric Garner situation that happened here in New York, when the full facts were presented to the grand jury, the grand jury decided not to indict. Yes. Ultimately, the officer who uh, struggled with Eric Garner was fired from the police department, but he wasn't arrested and convicted of a crime. So you think, Paul, think we're, we're down to like the last 20 seconds, but you think there's a chance that, that this might not even go to trial? Depends on what happens with the grand jury, if the grand jury indicts or not. Uh, unfortunately, the truth is that prosecutors have a great amount of leeway yeah. to steer a grand jury. And no, they need one more vote than, than, you know, just one over, you know, the slim majority, gotcha. and they get it. Paul, you're awesome. Great to visit with you. We'll be back. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Welcome back to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Harry Hurley. Filling in today, I'm with Michael and Joshua. Thanks for having me, Jimmy and Michael and Joshua. And it's a busy news day on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Let's go right to the phone lines. And that is the 888-788-9910, 888-788-9910, the Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon phone lines. And we're going to go to Augusta, Maine. And welcome, Tyler, to the program. Tyler, welcome. You're on Fox Across America. Hi. Yeah, we all need to be standing right next to and right with President Trump. We have to defend him no matter what. Um, here's what I've been telling some friends about, you know, why Trump did and, and, and how that basically how this all happened. And that's that. A month or two ago, when the Chinese spy balloon flew across the country, yep. I think I think they dropped those documents via laser-guided precision, and they aimed them right into Mar-a-Lago. Uh, I've been getting people to believe that. Do you think that that's any worse or more stupid than what the GOP congressmen have been saying? 
Well, most of them have been defending President Trump. A handful of them with an agenda haven't. Uh, I don't like the um, My Favorite Martian they, or Star Trek beamed them, you know, transported them, d- d- broke them yeah, down, but, but, and then made but, them appear but, somewhere else. Because here's, here's, here's what I think, Tyler. It's defendable. He had the documents. This is a civil matter. It's not a criminal matter. This should have been a battle between President Trump and the National Archives fighting for their documents. The president saying he wait, thinks wait, they're. Wait. Let, let me finish. Sorry, let me finish. Tyler, Tyler let I'm me finish. Sorry. Let me. Tyler, let me finish. I'm only going to be a second. Then I'll turn it back to you. It's two way talk. I say that you fight it on the merits, not just the, hey, look what they didn't do to Hillary, even though it's a great argument. Uh, it just seems like that one falls flat because they just want to hammer Trump for this. I'm with you in the beginning of the conversation defending Trump, and that's why he's still winning by 40 points for the nomination, and that's why he has the support of Republicans and, and a number of uh, independents. And I, I would even say some disaffected Democrats that are not in this woke stuff that, that, that they're doing. So uh, I, I, don't, I don't think we have to get into some of that sensational stuff. Here's my point. The, the majority of the MAGA base is borderline retarded, and we can tell them anything. So that's why I think if we just come up with the most cockamamie, ridiculous story, like, like you came out of the Chinese spy balloon, they'll believe it. So don't go with reality and try to make any sense. Just go with the most preposterous story you know. The more preposterous and stupid it is, the better with the MAGA base. Like I said, they're borderline retarded. No, I would disagree. Uh, if you, I don't know who considers themselves MAGA base. That that's pretty much Joe Biden and that silly Karine Jean Pierre. And now Tyler, it's not just MAGA; it's mega MAGA. Uh, she, I think she's having a Hatch Act complaint. She said the Hatch Act so many times that somebody filed one against her. That she's so stupid. Uh, now, I disagree with that, and I also disagree with your assertion that MAGA voters are stupid. Don't get into that Hillary Clinton territory with a basket full of deplorables and things like that. Tyler, thank you for your call. I reject it on its face. Uh, it, the call was unserious to me. Uh, and what would be the reason you come out as a Trump supporter, but you're trashing probably, I don't even know, half his base? I don't know what percentage of the base says that they're MAGA. Uh, Notice we're always getting labeled red states, blue states. Do you know it wasn't that long ago when Ronald Reagan won the presidency, they colored in the states that he won blue and not red? It was uh, one of the first elections where they used the contrast because in the old days with black and white, uh, you couldn't have contrast. So you had your graphics had to be different. And, and have to explain things, where now, boom, you can just color it in red, color it in blue. I wrote an article about this a long time ago, uh, and it's a good piece. One of the worst things that ever happened in America was when we went to red and blue states. It plays into the playbook of dividing and trying to conquer, uh, and it's wrong. When we come back, Jep and Jace Robinson Uh, from Duck Family Treasure. This is a great Fox Nation program. And with Jep and Chase, we're going to be covering season two coming up next on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous. 
or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Healthy competitions happen all the time. But when we're quail hunting, it is purely a team sport. It's me and my brother against the quail. Got it, got it. Yeah. up, boy. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, first shot. You get it? One shot, one kill, baby. Oh, you got it. a boy. Hey, can't get a meal till you kill the first one. That's right. Good job, Jeff. Good, buddy. The Robertson family has been living off the land my entire life. That's just the way we were raised. If you want to eat well, you become a good shot. We are back. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Harry Hurley filling in today with Michael and Joshua. And we have just a great team joining the Jimmy Fallon Fox Across America program. Duck Family Treasure Royalty, Jep, Jace, and Missy. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Glad to it, be here. It, it is a pleasure. And I, I come to the conclusion because I'm one of them. You are so likable. To me, that is a quotient that if you've got the likability, it really works. Uh, so it's hard for me to say, hey, you're likable. And you admit, yeah, yeah, we're so likable. We're <laughs> likable. But you are likable and you're relatable to your audience that's so fiercely loyal. That's a big part of your success, I think. Uh, Jeff, you get the first shot at that. Uh, well, thank you. I think if yeah. you ask my wife at times, she would say I'm not likable at times. But uh, I think it's just, you know, we were raised right. And I feel like we, you know, we live by, um, you know, a certain creed, which is Jesus first. And we love people and love God. And um, I guess it comes across. Jace, what would you say is the Duck family secret in terms of that you have had such loyalty from your fan base? I think at the end of the day, we're just real, and uh, we tend to use the spiritual principles of life, you know, and and we're not ashamed of that. So I think that resonates with people. I mean, we make mistakes. We're we're flawed, but I think when you have faith, hope, and love, it tends to make, uh, you know, a sense of humor come to light and over the little stuff. And so we pick at each other, make fun of each other. And I just wanted to say, uh, Jimmy sent me a text and said, I will not be there. (laughs) 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 So I'm I'm like, it's a little late, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Missy, what were your thoughts about that? Well, as I was hearing your first question, we were just in the lobby and a man walked up to Jace and said, hey, I recognize you. You're that. You're those duck people. And he said, every time I see you now, I laugh. And Jessica and I laughed when he said that. It's like, yeah, we do too. Or or give the eye roll as the wives. So they're likable. They're funny. They're down to earth. They're real. But I will add to that by saying, these two men, they're they're brothers. They came from the same family. They are manly men, which I think America needs more viewership of that to see role models and examples but also they they lead their families very strongly they're strong husbands they are strong fathers and i get to see that every day but they also have no egos and that is huge when it comes to being able to laugh at each other make fun at each other and really just be down to earth and that's why people like them 
just these three answers prove what I said in the beginning. The likability quotient is big time there. The honesty factor, relatable, you're very real, and people love that. And, Missy, I'm going to drill down on something that you said that I would like you to comment further on. It's true. There almost is the the need, and I, I, I reject it, as a matter of fact. I'm happily married for 43 years this October. Oh, wow. I got married when I was 10. Uh, <laughs> but actually got married when I was 20. So I'm, I'm younger to be married 43 years. But uh, all I can say is nobody should apologize for being manly. You, you, Missy, you know what's happened, this whole woke, broke joke stuff that's going on yes. where counterculture is made to look like it's what we should be doing and that traditional type family values are trashed. Uh, you said something. I heard someone on the Fox News channel just the other morning say, oh, my gosh, I'm looking for a manly man. But 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 I can't find a Democrat who's a manly man. They, so I don't want to get political. But, I mean, Missy, you raise a really good point about this. There's nothing to apologize. A man should not apologize for being a man and a woman should not apologize for being a woman. Correct. I think we all, as Robertson family members, take pride in the way that God made us, and we teach our children the same exact thing. We understand that we were exactly created exactly with a design in mind from our Creator. And, you know, when you understand who you are in Him, it, it takes the pressure off. <laughs> you don't have to ask yourself, am I supposed to be a woman? Am I supposed to be a man? Because the person who loves you and, and made you, loves you more than anything on this wor- in this world, on this universe, made you exactly the way that you're supposed to be. So that takes the pressure off of us as individuals to try to figure that out. Our identity is in him, and we celebrate that. That is what we take pride in, not ourselves, but our creator. So to, t- to teach our children that is an honor as a mother. It's an honor to be a mother, and it's an honor to be a wife. We are, that's a great answer. We're visiting with Jep, Jace, Missy, the Robertson family. Duck Family Treasure on Fox Nation Season 2 is now available. Jep, tell us about Season 2, some thoughts. Well, my favorite thing we did was we went to South Louisiana, and we met up with this guy named Captain Caviar, <laughs> who basically made a name for himself selling Grinnell eggs, which is like kind of not the best fish in the world, but he was selling their, you know, caviar and, and became like a super wealthy dude. And he was just the most interesting guy. I had more fun hanging out with that dude. And I consider us like good friends now. Yeah. Uh, then like, you know, the stuff we found there was great and it was fun. But just hanging out with Captain Caviar was awesome. Chase, yeah. give us some notes about season two. Yeah, I mean, Jeff brings that up. You know, our show is uh is unscripted and whatever happens you know at these locations we go it just happens and so i've been saying it you know you can do a lot with hard work and divine intervention which i think a lot of a lot of places we've gone i've sensed that but uh but especially there we got down there we were going to hunt captain caviar's yard because it Mm. was an old historical place but you know, he told uh, Jeff that he does boat tours, which I've been on a boat most of my life, so that wasn't appealing to me. But Jeff was <laughs> like, "I would love to go on a boat tour." And uh, <laughs> so I was, the camera people were looking at me. I was like, "Take Jeff on a boat tour. He wants to go on a boat tour." And so they went out there, and somehow Jeff had this uh, sense of awareness of like, uh, what, what would you call that? Uh, it was the spirit of the eagle. It was. He saw some eagles, and 
The next thing you know, it's like he starts finding all this great stuff, and he was being positive, and I was like, you know, you just can't make this stuff what up. Is this like Eagle Powers <laughs> from Nacho Libre? Yeah, pretty much. That <laughs> happened to me in real life. Really See, what I, what I love about this is it's everything that I believe. I love two-way talk radio because you're flying without a net. It's live. Whatever happens, happens. My feeling is the funniest, best things that you'll do – are unscripted. For example, the movie The Shining, Jack Nicholson. The line, here's Johnny, is an ad lib. That was not in the script. It's one of the most famous movie lines of all time. And that was an ad lib. That's something that happens organically. So when you're doing your job, being you, really, and unscripted, life and, you know, at the speed of life, what happens, happens, and it works, Missy, doesn't it? That is what I love best about watching them and their shows because – they say some of the funniest things. We call them bumper sticker lines. <laughs> so what are we going to make a T-shirt out of that or a bumper sticker because they can come up with stuff. They have an art and a skill for that that I definitely don't have. So I love that about them. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon and on our newsmaker lines, Jeff, Jace, Missy, the Robertsons, Duck Family Treasure on Fox Nation Season 2 available right now. Was there anything absolutely, and if you only want to describe it a little bit because we want people to watch it, but memorable that happened that immediately comes to mind? Jep? Uh, this season, uh, honestly, I, my daughter uh, just got married, and so we took kind of right before they got married uh, my son-in-law on a hunt, and it was kind of a make it or break. I was like, all right, if he can survive this with his uncle – and, like, come out on the other side and me, like, grilling him and asking him questions, uh, then he's ready to marry my daughter. So that was kind of the most uh, <laughs> cool episode we did because yeah, he, he went through the ringer. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll, I'll add to that. I mean, because I remember him coming up, and he's like, you know, so we're we're really doing this. I'm like, we're in South Carolina. Yeah, at this point, we're doing this. And he's like, what's fixing to happen? And I said, his name is Austin. I said, Austin, I have no idea. <laughs> and but I, I could just sense here's a here's a young man who loves Jeff's daughter so much that I was just impressed with his courage that we're going to an island and he's gonna be on TV and we have no idea on how this is gonna go. And just because he loved his Jeff's daughter so much, he was willing to have the courage to be on TV, to learn how to metal detect, and and he really uh, he won me over. I, I, I was, he, he displayed his love. He really he did. did. I thought this is the way we should do things all the time. <laughs> See, like we're doing it unscripted here. I just came out of nowhere with what was memorable, and how could it get much better than that? Duck Family Treasure Season 2, we're doing a quick review here on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Duck Family Treasure Season 2 on Fox Nation. Right now it's available. Missy, what's a, and we're down to about a minute, what is a Season 2 memorable moment for you? Well, for me, my daughter hosted uh, the Mia Moo Fun Day event, which is a charity that we started years ago. She was born with a cleft lip and palate. And a few years ago, we started hosting an event for the families that we have helped. And we had um, about 80 children and their families come in for our annual event. And the, the camera crew wanted to cover it. It's totally real. 
totally unscripted. We told them they can't produce this. They can't interrupt. And they did a beautiful job of showing how my daughter has now turned into a beautiful young woman and is now helping other kids do the same thing and learn their identity and that how beautiful that they were created. So that was very memorable and moving for me. I was very proud of her, and I think the fans will really like that. Oh, that is so profound, Missy. 30 seconds to a hard break. Jep, you get the final word. Uh, when you do something, do you then realize – this is going to be great when people get to see this. <laughs> no, actually, no. Every no? time I do something, I'm like, oh, that was so terrible. And then everybody's like, that was so good. So I'm a terrible judge of that. Okay. I just try, I, Like you said at the beginning, I try to be myself. And I think most of the time that works. I think you're right. So if, when you think it's terrible, we're going to think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just do, we'll right. do opposite. It's just how the country's running right now. And it works. That's if right. you say go, it's stop. Stop is go. Yeah. Jeff, Jace, Missy, thank you so much. All the best. Congrats on season two. Thank you. Thank you. You are so welcome. What good people. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That's very, as Tom Hanks would say in that thing you do, that's very snappy, Joshua. We're going to go to the 888-788-9910, Jimmy Fallon, Fox Across America, phone lines to take your temperature. We go to Brooklyn, New York. I don't think it's 328 Chauncey Street calling. That's Ralph Cramden's address, but it is Alex. Alex, welcome to Fox Across America. Hey, thanks for taking the call. Uh, about this Trump indictment, uh, I do think that once the general election rolls around, we need to shut up about the, how the DOJ is corrupt and not let that become a distraction to the bigger problem facing the country, or at least the problem that Democratic voters care about. And that's the disasters of the Biden administration, the policies put in place by this president that have resulted in record inflation, gas prices, wars across the world, cocaine coming into this country through the open border. If we get distracted in the general election with the corrupt DOJ, where Democratic voters don't give a crap about that. They think Trump is a big monster, and they're like, True. oh, they corrupted True. the DOJ. That's not such a big problem. we got to get rid of Trump at any cost. Anything justifies getting rid of Trump. Let, we need to focus on the on the policies that yeah. are disastrous. Alex, let, let me offer a um, – and this is where I think synergy takes place. Two people get together, and it's probably better than anyone could have done it by themselves. You can't ignore it because it's going to be – there will be leaks. They're going to be running ads that uh, show Trump in like a, a black and white striped you know, jail suit or an orange jumpsuit. Uh, they're going to bring it up. You can't ignore it. But I agree with you to a point. You can't obsess on it. It can't be your campaign. But you can't totally ignore it, Alex, because the other side is going to be right. beating him over the head with it. Uh, and at the mm -hmm. same time, we have to know what the um, – what items are going on on the ground, such as have they charged Biden? Is there any resolution to Biden's document? Special counsel uh, is uh, is this guy her going to let it go until after the election while Trump is getting just crushed with uh, mm -hmm. having to appear at, you know, court updates and different uh, hearings that they'll make him come to and leaks that will come out about internal people turning on him. So you can't ignore it. you got to deal with the issues as they are, not as you want them to be. But I do agree, much like I also agree, and see if you agree with this, we can't relitigate 2020. I love President Trump. I was hired by President Trump. 
I've known him for 40 years. I want him to win, but I don't want him talking about 2020 anymore. We, we, no, we, have, we, to, we have to go no. forward and say this election is different. We've buttoned down the early voting. We've buttoned down the vote by mail. Uh, we learned about ballot harvesting the legal way. We made it easier to vote but harder to cheat anywhere that we could. We fixed Pennsylvania. We fixed Georgia. We fixed this state, that state. Because I can tell you, Alex, in my opinion, every vote in America is basically decided already, with the exception of about 200,000 votes scattered out over about four states. And whoever wins 101,000 of those, uh, 100,000 plus one of those, will be the next president of the United States. So I, you get what I'm saying? I sort of agree with you with that caveat. I mean, for these people, you also want to focus, for these independents, you want to focus on the thing that's really going to convince them, even if they don't dislike Trump, but you're going to say, do you want these disasters of the Biden administration to go on right. instead of focusing on this? Now, you, which, there should be 10 percent focused on this to basically yes. defend President Trump and not let the media yes. just get away with it. Yes. The left-wing media, they're going to be so very much focused on this, but you don't want to be the, this to be the center of it. And uh, it, You're right, and, because, Alex, it will be with them. It will be with them, so don't make it that way on your side. I completely agree with that strategy. Here's the other thing. Independence, look, we are right now 49% independents, unaffiliateds, 25% Republican, 25% Democrat. Oh, I didn't ever, know that. That's, that's yeah, that's, that is a fact, and it's, it's the most wow. independence it's ever been. So whoever wins the independence will be the next president. And my feeling is, like a pendulum, they swing. They swung slightly, barely to Biden in 2020 because you had all, you know, Trump drama and all mm-hmm. this stuff, the pandemic and the way that things were just playing out. Democrats got very, very good with ballot harvesting. They, they changed the rules in Pennsylvania or Trump would have won that. Uh, Georgia, to me, is, is, is something that we can't lose in 2024. Mm-hmm. So I look at it this way. The independents have been paying for energy. They've been seeing this hyper runaway inflation. They see the lack of uh, of respect for America around the world. They see the mishandling of Afghanistan. They see a war with Ukraine and Russia that never would have happened if Biden didn't become mm-hmm. president and display such weakness. They're not going to want that. They're not gonna, The Democrats are going to go for it no matter what. It's cognitive dissonance. They're going to go for it. The independents, mm-hmm. the majority that control these elections, just like New Jersey switches back and forth from Democrat to Republican governor, it's going to happen again in 2025 when Jack Cittarelli wins, who barely lost before. My friend Governor right. Murphy's coming up uh, in about 25 minutes right here today, and he's term limited out. He'll, I think he'll be running for president then. So that's the way I see it. Uh, we yeah, win. We say, win because we're right on the issues. We win because mm-hmm. we button down the, where Democrats got an advantage in terms of uh, changing the way we vote, and they were better at early voting. We kept thinking we have one election day. We're, we we were losing elections before election day. I have every belief they're not going to let that happen again, and that this is going to be good. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. 
And with the the Hunter Biden thing, and now Republicans, some of them are saying that they're putting forth impeachment against Joe Biden. I, I don't think that they should be doing that. I think we, we should, for now, slow down on the investigations with the Hunter Biden story, because we want Joe Biden to remain in the primary and become the nominee of the Democratic yeah. Party. We could crush him in the general election. So yeah, I, I, listen, I will, agree, over him. I will agree, Alex, that these impeachments always bring sympathy to the president being impeached. Bill Clinton got sympathy, was reelected. Joe Biden would get sympathy. I think President Trump, even though the Democrats who hate him, hate him and the Democrat media. But he got a lot of sympathy because it was unjust. The, the both of them, uh, one more stupid than the other. Uh, so I agree. No impeachment. But what I would do if what Senator Grassley has come up with, if there is a Burisma executive that has 15 audio recordings of phone conversations with Hunter Biden and two with President Biden. And if it's on, if the goods are there, that they have accepted briberies for favors, that that should be vigorously pursued. And I appreciate, Alex, the call. I really do. So when you look at this, there's a lot of things happening while while. Many are pretending that Joe Biden is the absolute inevitable nominee because, after all, every president, typically Jimmy Carter was challenged by Ted Kennedy, and, of course, he lost. Uh, President Biden is being challenged by Robert Kennedy Jr., also by Cornell West, which could both could prove very. When you're talking about a race that could come down to 10 and 15,000 votes, 25, 50,000 votes in a given state. Every single one of these issues is huge. Also, too, how about the behavior of one California governor, Gavin Newsom? Do you remember him when he was strolling the grounds of the White House while the president was not even in the country with his suit jacket tucked under his arm Walking through the courtyard of the White House. What optic do you think he was trying to create there in these interviews that he does? And and he did a tour of red states. Come on. What's that about? He does the interview with my friend Sean Hannity, which I'm telling you is just gold uh, in terms of um, content. It's it's really amazing, actually. Uh, what um, what Sean was able to cull in that interview, he was able to actually achieve things that you don't often get out of someone who doesn't have an agenda. And I don't mean that negatively, that isn't running for something else. And I don't think there's any question that when you listen, if you didn't get a chance to watch it, refresh yourself on it, go go watch it and take it all in. For example, Discussions like this, when you have someone honestly accept and not defend doing something stupid and they just own it, then you can't argue. What, what, what's Sean going to say? Oh, you, you, you knew it was stupid and you're sorry you did it. I'm going to keep pounding you with it. You go on to the next question. When someone admits that they did something stupid, you know they want to get it out. They want to get it out there and they want to get it over with. Let me give you an example. Joshua, cut 27. 
By the way, over, you probably should have gone to the French Laundry. Just no, it was a dumb mistake. It was a terrible mistake. It wasn't illegal. It was wrong. And it, I no. totally violated the spirit of what I was preaching. No. And it was wrong. And I own that. I own that. And you know what? For the grace of See? God, no one else has ever made a mistake. I guess I did. I own that. Okay. Everybody makes wrong. mistakes. However, but, that was a dumb but one. But it was dumb. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was and I own it. So, uh, so right. I don't need to be reminded of it. Close quarters, no you. mask. And I'm like, all right. Uh, it was, it was hey, look, by the way, right. I think it was your birthday party, right? Uh, it was a good friend's 50th birthday oh, party. Okay. The, the restaurant was legally open. It was dumb. Now, even Sean at one point said fair answer. I mean, that's how you handle it. When you have bad news, like Trump self-reported his own indictment, brilliantly handled. He got the story out there before Jack Smith ever got a chance to get his, his boots laced up. That's the way you do it. Newsom, that's textbook for I'm running for something. I want to get something dumb that I did out there. I'm going to own it. I'm going to, he said it like two or three times, dumb mistake. A guy like Sean Hannity is a fair guy. You know, he hears a guy say, hey, I made a dumb mistake. And he says it was a terrible mistake. He doubles, you know, and repeats it again. Dumb, dumb thing I did. Wasn't illegal, he said, which was kind of clever. And yet he accepts responsibility for it. Sounds like a candidate for president to me, because that makes you less likely to do that commercial of, say, like when Nancy Pelosi was getting her hair done in California, but you couldn't, or Newsom's in the French Laundry. And people hear that and they don't know. It's a restaurant. It's just an odd name, the French Laundry. When you admit it was a mistake, you admit you made a dumb mistake, you admit you made a terrible mistake, uh, and it was wrong, and you own it. And he said all those things. That's a candidate that's introducing himself for your consideration. I know it. The other thing is he defends Biden with great regularity, smart. Now, when Sean's asking him about uh, is the president, you know, cognitive you know, ability there, and he's talking about how sharp the president is. I talk to him all the time. I've talked to him from Air Force One. I've talked to him from, you know, the Beast. And I talked to him from the Oval Office. And he's so sharp and all this. Nobody believes that. Uh, but he's being loyal. So you don't get penalized for that. Here's more. Joshua, cut 29. This state has not made progress in the last two decades as it relates to homelessness. Why? Because housing costs are too high, our regulatory thickets are too problematic, localism has been too impactful, meaning people locally are pushing back against new housing starts and construction. I've been here four years. I can't make up for the fact in 2005 we had an historic number of homeless under a Republican administration. Right now there's 171,000 estimated. Okay. Disgraceful. That's uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom uh, with Sean Hannity. Now, I don't believe that answer, uh, but Gavin Newsom always has an answer, and he's emphatic about it. I think he was not a good mayor. I don't think he was a great lieutenant governor. I don't think he's a great governor. You look at the debt problem in California. You look at the um, the homelessness problem that he was just addressing. It's it's not That's not the reason. It's not only because the prices are so expensive. It's, it's well well outside of those boundaries. Uh, I'm not going to say that that's not at all a, a contributing factor, but no, that's not the issue. The issue is how they deal with the homeless. They, they, they have ruined once great cities. 
to where major companies and other companies simply have to close their doors. They can't afford tens of thousands of dollars being stolen every day and never anything being done about it. So there's a whole lot here. What I will tell you is in any normal America, days gone by, other than bizarro world, where everything is all mixed up inside out, upside down, right is wrong, wrong is right, all of that. Gavin Newsom's resume is terrible. But guess what? His reputation somehow is better than his game because the indebtedness that California is in, the flight out of California is absolutely unbelievable what's happening. None of that is a resume for president, but in bizarro world and when the other person is basically cognitively impaired, incoherent, it seems at times, lost, needs cue cards to speak, teleprompters to do basic things, cards that say, you walk in, you sit down, you you leave. I mean, things you never thought you'd ever see in this life. Somehow, I'm telling you, it's bizarre, but don't underestimate Gavin Newsom. He's running for something, and it's a stealth thing. And they're waiting to see if Biden doesn't get to the finish line to be the nominee. You've got people auditioning, and Gavin Newsom is one of them. We'll be right back. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong-looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are back. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy has a day off because he's on assignment working on a Fox Nation project. I'm Harry Hurley with Michael and Joshua filling in today for the great Jimmy Fallon, my good friend. Now, this is interesting. And if we did not have the immediate past president of the United States about ready to be arraigned on a 37 count federal indictment, this would and should be very, very big news. When you have a documented, reliable FBI informant who the FBI has paid six figures beyond six figures to for his help on a number of matters, and there doesn't seem to be any dispute, that, and I have to say reliable because if it's just garbage, I wouldn't waste your time with it. But it's from a reliable, paid FBI informant who says that a Burisma executive has 17 audio recordings, 15 of Hunter Biden phone conversations with this Burisma executive, two conversations with the then sitting vice president. Senator Charles Grassley took to the Senate well and addressed it. Joshua, cut 19. The 1023 produced to the House committee's redacted reference that the foreign national who allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter Biden allegedly has audio recordings of his conversation with them. 17 such recordings. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses 15 audio recordings of phone calls between him and Hunter Biden. And uh, Senator Grassley said more uh, that we'll share with you at a later time, possibly next hour when we come back right after this brief timeout. Don't go away. 
the distinguished governor of the Garden State, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, coming up next on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Welcome to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Harry Hurley, filling in today with Michael and Joshua. Jimmy is on assignment. He's working on a Fox Nation project. He'll be back real soon. Uh, It's a pleasure for me to have the privilege to introduce. He's standing by on the Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon Newsmaker Hotline, my friend, The two-term 56th governor of the state of New Jersey, Governor Phil Murphy, is here, a former United States ambassador to Germany, the chairman currently of the National Governors Association. In fact, in a recent interview, recent past interview that we did on Fox News Radio with Governor Murphy, uh, he gave us the opportunity to actually break some big news that I'm going to readdress in a little bit with Governor Murphy relative to the National Governors Association. Many believe, myself included on this list, that Governor Murphy will be a future candidate for President of the United States. Governor Murphy, welcome to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Harry, thank you so much for having me, my friend, and please give Jimmy my best when next you see him. Will do, sir. Uh, Today's announcement, arraignment rather, uh, certainly sad for the country, regardless of political stripes, political party registration and all that stuff, uh, where for the first time, a United States president will stand in a federal court to be arraigned uh, on many, many counts, 37 counts. What, what are your thoughts, Governor? Yeah, a sad day, as you rightfully point out, uh, kind of regardless of your political persuasion. Uh, this has never happened before. Um, You mentioned uh, in your gracious introduction that I'm a former U.S. ambassador. It it, it is crystal, crystal, crystal clear uh, what the rights and responsibilities are around confidential documents, especially secret and top secret, uh, but frankly, all of them. Uh, I'll give you an anecdote to to, to give you a sense of how seriously it's taken. Everybody out there knows that United States Marine men and women guard our embassies. Uh, and one of the jobs they have is that every night one of the members of the Marine Corps walks around the entire embassy, particularly inside of the U.S.-only parts of the embassy where confidential documents can be read. And they basically give you, if you think in soccer terms, you basically get a yellow card if you've left anything out in your desk uh, overnight, and you only get so many of those yellow cards before you're sent home. So this is something that our country's obsessed with, military secrets, protection of uh, what, whatever it might be of, of our interests, which makes this, I think, so, so grave and such a, uh, a unique and sad day. So if I give you that, will you give me that it's just, important for, just as important for Robert Herr, the President Biden's special counsel, to do every bit of the same due diligence to find out how he had all kinds of classified documents for more than a decade? hundred percent, and and for Vice President Mike Pence as well. Yes, uh, I know them both very well. I know all I know all three of these guys. Um, I I believe, it, and I can't pre, prejudge or presuppose President Trump's situation, and I I won't. I'm not a lawyer, and I'm, I'm not familiar with the specifics. But based on everything I know, I believe you're going to find a different impulse here, and particularly on the obstruction to prevent their return. Uh, sloppy to have 
gotten them outside of a uh, outside of a confidential uh, space. There's no, no there's no uh, defending that. But uh, once it seems like at least once they were made aware of it, they were constructive and aided in the return. It never should happen in the first place. Uh, but I agree. You've got to call balls and strikes in all these situations equally. That's a fair comment. You're listening to New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I was very excited a number of months ago on Fox News Radio. You gave me the opportunity in an interview with you to first break the news that you as chairman of the National Governors Association, that you were able to announce on Fox News Radio first that the next National Governors Association annual summer meeting will be held in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Now, that could have been anywhere in the country. And what I think is really important about this, Atlantic City obviously failed miserably in the 1964 Democratic National Convention. The casino gaming legalized era brought Atlantic City back strong, showed that it is a mature destination resort, showed that more people come to Atlantic City than go to the Magic Kingdom and Disney World every year, and also Atlantic City Governor, as you know, and you were a big driving force and, and put put the put the money up that was necessary to make it world class. Atlantic City showed that it can do big things as a world class destination resort insofar as successfully staging the national NAACP uh, convention that that really went very, very well. And mm-hmm. you chose to bring all of the, the whole country, all of the governors of America not that many weeks from now, will be in Atlantic City for the 2023 annual summer meeting. Uh, tell us your thoughts and, and also your thoughts about bringing it to Atlantic City when you could have brought it anywhere. Thrilled, uh, in a word, uh, and it made so much sense for us. It's one of the great communities in America, one of the great resorts in America. It went through some really, really tough times, particularly more recently coming out of the Great Recession Lots of closings and job layoffs, but it is back. It's right-sized. People are back to work. The community is alive, and I am more than thrilled to bring this convening July 12th or 14th to Atlantic City. My guest, Harry, will have about half the nation's governors at a minimum will be there, both sides of the aisle. Um, I had the honor of serving as vice chair to Arkansas, then-Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchison. Uh, I'm now the chair, and my vice chair will become the chair in Atlantic City, Utah Governor Spencer Cox, two outstanding leaders and two great friends, um, and, and just thrilled that we could do this in America's resort town, Atlantic City, New Jersey. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Quick on this, because there's so many issues I want to cover with you. I know you did something today that's going to be very, very important with American Rescue Plan Fund uh, dollars that, that are going to be going to mental health projects that I know are very important to you, Governor. Let me just talk about this real quick, but it is important because it seems to me until – I'm not defending it, but until flights started going out of Florida and out of Texas – and to New York, and I'm sure New Jersey was not immune, and even Martha's Vineyard and elsewhere, that seemed to then get the attention where people didn't seem too lathered up that we had this um, issue at the border states. We'll call, I think every state governor now is a border state, but the traditional border states, say Texas, uh, Arizona, you know, states like that. Yeah. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. about the migrant flights that have come from Florida and Texas to New York, 
and to some of the other Chicago and some of the other cities around the country. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of political stunts uh, in any way, shape, or form. So that's something I'd be remiss if I didn't say that. Having said that, um, there's a grand bargain it seems to me that is on the table as it relates to immigration, and it's been on the table for you know many many years. But I just would hope that leadership from both parties would seize the opportunity to finally accomplish the grand bargain, which the elements of which I think are crystal clear. Number one, responsibly and in a 21st century manner, secure our borders, particularly the southern border. Secondly, find a reasonable path for the many millions of folks who are in this country not yet having achieved status. What is their final sort of resting place in terms of their status? Let's solve that riddle once and for all. And then thirdly, uh, find a sensible immigration policy that allows us to get the skilled workers into this country, into the positions where we are desperately short of, uh, of manpower. And give you a good National Governors Association. Uh, Kevin Stitt from Oklahoma, governor of Oklahoma, and I have convened a couple of occasions with the business roundtable to talk about this very issue. There's a desperation out there to get jobs filled. Um, the economy is growing. There's lots of good things, bipartisan, I might add, that's come out of Congress signed by the president. Um, and we're going to be building a lot of things like semiconductor fab factories. That's all great for America, great for America, America's workers. But we need the manpower. Um, we can't allow the economy to outstrip the bodies available, the trained bodies available. So to me, Harry, that's the, those are the three three uh, legs of the grand bargain, and I just sure hope we can get there sooner than later. You are listening to New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know I do this to you every time we visit on air. You've done all you can do relative to winning two consecutive elections in New Jersey. Very difficult to do. We're the most densely populated state in the union more than 9 million people, and you've won twice. So that, that means you're term limited at, at this stage. Uh, st- still, you have time and you, you have a job that you're still going to do. But I keep saying that I see a run for president in your future. <laughs> Easy for me to say. What do you say? <laughs> Harry, I'm going to start promoting you for president here soon. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, Joe, not everybody out there is going to want to hear this, but unequivocally, Joe Biden is my guy, and I'm behind him a thousand percent. What happens to me two and a half years from now? Uh, I, I just really haven't given it a, a, a speck of thought. I know this. I'm going to. I'm all Jersey all the time. I'm going to sprint through the tape. I'm, you know, these next two and a half years, I hope are the most productive of my time as governor, and then we'll take a breath. Maybe put our feet up for a couple of weeks and, and figure out how we reload and and, and, and uh, make the best use of our time in the, those years ahead. Governor Murphy, you uh, announced millions today in American Rescue Plan funds that you're going to dedicate towards uh, access for child and adolescent mental health care services. I know this is something very important to you. I know that it's very important to First Lady of New Jersey, Tammy. I know it's important to your Health and Human Services Department. Tell us what you did today. Harry, you're great to bring this up. So strengthening 
youth mental health has been my initiative as chair of the National Governors Association. It was a challenge before the pandemic, and it's gotten a lot more challenging since. And I don't want to just talk on the national stage. I want to do in New Jersey uh, and hopefully set us up as a, as a role model for other states. Um, and today was part of that. We announced $5 million into the county. We had an event in Union County, which is one of our great counties. Elizabeth is the is a town folks might know right beside Newark. Elizabeth is the county seat. We announced $5 million into that county alone, split between infrastructure, enhanced services, and then investment in data collection, which sounds dry, but particularly in underserved communities, black and brown overwhelmingly, it's hard to know where the gaps are uh, unless you've got the data. So that, that's what we did today. More broadly, mental health is a huge initiative of ours. New Jersey has started a program that we're going to have statewide beginning July 1st called Arrive Together. If, a, if a, there's a mental health crisis call that comes into your local or state or county police department, uh, we will send out now a plainclothes officer a mental health expert in an unmarked car. And the, we've been piloting this. It works. When they get to the scene of the challenge, they will decide between them who's the best person to go in first. Another example of some of the things we're doing, uh, and we'll, we, we have to stay at it, and we will. Governor Murphy, time for one more question. We're down to a little over a minute, uh, and I think we should address this because it, it has a significant impact to New Jersey, even though it's in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. The I-95 collapse, it's a national story. Oh. Everybody's been following it. And obviously, from a transportation standpoint, we did find out today that there was actually loss of life. It seemed miraculous when for many, many hours they said not a single loss of life. I couldn't believe it, actually. Uh, okay. Give us your thoughts on the I-95 collapse in Philadelphia. Yeah, awful tragedy. Uh, God rest the person whose life was lost creating a fair amount of havoc, I have to say, uh, including for Jersey. So it's going to divert, by definition, for some period of time, traffic uh, through our state. Uh, and we already have, a, as you mentioned earlier, we're the most densely populated state in America, so we already have a lot of traffic. It does, and I don't know the particulars of exactly how this happened, but it's a good reminder that we've got a lot of legacy along the tooth infrastructure in our country, including roads, bridges, rails, tunnels, the bipartisan infrastructure law that Congress passed, the president signed, uh, is going to be a game changer for, for states like New Jersey. And this is a good reminder that that's going to be money that's well spent. As we say goodbye for now, uh, just a reminder, I've shared it with uh, Jimmy's listeners. And every time we do an interview together, we are an example that people can communicate with one another if they're on different, in, in different parties. That's what America used to be all about. It, And I, I just appreciate our friendship and that we are able to have important conversations. I believe the public is well-served by that dialogue. Harry, I, I couldn't say it better myself. You're a dear friend, and, and the pursuit of common ground as Americans ought to be job number one for all of us. Good to visit with you, Governor Murphy. Be well. Thanks, Harry. Great saying back to you. Great to talk to you. We'll be right back. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Your call's next. It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
We are back. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Harry in for Jimmy with Michael and with Joshua. Uh, thrilled to work with the guys, uh, and thank you for taking such good care of me. We're going to go to the 888-788-9910. Jimmy Fallon, Fox Across America phone lines, and say hello to Barry in Los Angeles, California. Hello, Barry. Yeah, first thing, uh, Murphy just lied to you. Biden's Chinese secretary admitted um, under oath that they found boxes in May of 2022 that they didn't report till November 2022. But that's not the reason I'm calling. Calling about what you were talking before, Murphy, about Newsom being on Hannity. Yes. Well, well why, why is Fox News putting Gavin Newsom on? Why is Hannity giving Newsom a forum. Well, Newsom okay. is obviously running, okay. Newsom is obviously running for president, as you noted. Well, isn't that, the then, then Barry, to... isn't that good then? Let the Democrats no, no. start fighting with please, you. No, no, here's please, what I please, think. Stop, stop. No, no, please stop and listen. What's Go going on is pretty obvious. They're blo- the Democrats are blocking out Kamala Harris because they know that she's terrible and there's no way that she can win president. Yep. However, she's the first woman of color that was put in the number two position. How are they going to explain to their to the their constituency that they're not going to let her run for president? You know how they're doing well, it. Biden's running, so she can't campaign. Biden's going to drop out in November. She's not going to have enough time to set up a campaign. But, oh, who has a campaign set up? Gavin Newsom. Well, the same, keep in awesome. mind, though, it's more likely that somebody like Michelle Obama or even a, or even a Hillary Clinton. And, Barry, I want, I want to respond because you said a lot and we're out of time. So I want to thank you for the call. But let me just get this in real quick and then we'll take more calls on the other side of the break. It isn't it doesn't go necessarily according to Hoyle. It doesn't go exactly like you think it goes. If Biden drops out late. That is your green light for Michelle Obama, who wouldn't want to go through the rigors of the campaign to get the nomination, but I believe would take it if it was just handed to her. It's not necessarily going to be Gavin Newsom. Hillary Clinton would have a lot to say at that point, like, hey, I never thought I was going to run, but we never really thought we were going to get Joe. And look, he came out kind of out of nowhere where he didn't think he was ever going to be president Just remember in politics, it never goes the way you think it's going to go. Just remember that. It's a very important lesson to learn electoral politics. We'll be back. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Welcome back to Fox Across America with the one and only Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy is on assignment working on a Fox Nation project. I am Harry Hurley filling in today. Jimmy will be back soon, and I am with Michael and Joshua, so you know that I'm in the best of hands, best of care. We're going to go back to the Jimmy Fallon Fox Across America phone lines, 888-788-9910, and say hello to Cody in the great state of Texas, Dallas, Texas, to be exact. Hello, Cody. Welcome. Hey. How y'all doing? Good to talk to you. So a little birdie told me that you feel that President Trump, my former boss, that he does self-inflicted things, correct? Yeah. So I don't want to show too much on national news, but from my own personal experience in the legal system, the best thing you can do is shut your mouth. Let your lawyer do the talking because you will inadvertently share too much and they will always attack that. It's true. It's true. Always. But you know what? The what? Okay. Here's the issue, though, with President Trump, though, Cody. 
you got to yeah. take the whole package. You can't. It's not oh, like an episode where you can split. Yeah, that's you can't split them. That's my advice to him. I know. That's it's good. It, well, I, let I me ask you. Let, him, let, that's my personal advice. No, no, Cody, it's a, it's a fair comment. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fine, fair comment. Let me give an example. He was yeah. talking again and again and again about the 2020 election was stolen. The 2020 election was stolen. Have you noticed that he really doesn't say that anymore? No. Okay, well, I, you, you've been I missing something. I haven't because yeah. I work so much. Oh, okay, I understand. I, I okay. really have a hard time catching up on all of these right. all at one time. So I don't often but tell people to take I, my I, word, but take my word. He's pretty much eliminated that. He still thinks it's true, but he knows it's not helpful. I, I think he will understand that with this type of thing, uh, after today's arraignment, the long slog of the process of discovery and the 37-count indictment and all of that, I think that he will get better at, at not saying too much. But you can't stop him, though, because he'll be on the campaign trail, he'll be at a rally, and he'll go off the teleprompter, and he'll just start riffing, and he'll start saying that um, Jack Smith, you know, is an animal, and, it, and it's with an apology to animals because animals are good. I mean, he'll just – he won't be able to help himself – a hundred percent, but I think, I think your point is well taken, and I think he will moderate it. And I agree. And you know, I I, I have a question for every single politician that's out there. Okay. What happened to the black and white lettering of the Constitution? Ah. It was brought to my attention that not only am I a constitutionalist, but I'm also what's called a, a libertine. I read and understand the Constitution the way that. It's worded in black and white. I accept every decimal point, every comma, everything in its its fashion. I wanna I wanna know why the Democrats and the Republicans all fail to uphold the the black and white wording. All right, we we have a handful itself. of seconds, so let me give you my best answer to that. The Democrats that have power right now, it's not all Democrats, but the Democrats that have power right now, the Constitution is inconvenient to them. They loved it when they could operate under the executive authority of an emergency. They, they take full advantage of any type of emergency, and they did so. We just found that $400 billion worth of COVID-19 uh, funding was either stolen or, or misspent, uh, just a disaster. So they never let a good crisis to go to wait, waste, to quote Rahm Emanuel. Republicans, uh, some of them, but not most of them, are also guilty of that. But you have a lot of good Democrats and a lot of good Republicans that revere, that support and believe in the Constitution, much the way that an Antonin Scalia did when he said the Constitution says what it says and it doesn't say what it doesn't say. Got to run, Cody, but I appreciate your passion. You can't change Trump. Uh, he is who he is, and, and he's had a winning life by having that bombastic, over-the-top personality that you just can't rein in. Sometimes the harder you try, the more you can't do it. When we come back, we have a member of the House Judiciary Committee, and a member, same member, of the House Oversight and Reform Committee, two of the most, in this, in this age that we're living in right now, two of the most significant committees 
in the Congress. And I think you can make the argument that they're the two most important. You could say ways and means as well, because all spending measures originate in the House, to quote my uh, Constitution, Cody. Uh, Congressman Russell Fry, uh, the distinguished gentleman from South Carolina's 7th District, joins us next on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. We are back. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Harry Hurley, filling in today with Michael and Joshua. Thanks for spending this portion of your day with us. A very important interview is about to begin on the Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon Newsmaker Hotline is the distinguished gentleman from South Carolina's 7th Congressional District, Congressman Russell Fry, who was a member, as I was saying right before the congressman arrived, of two of the most, you could make the case, the two most important. I would say House, House Ways and Means is also big time. But the House Judiciary Committee in this day and age and the House Oversight and Reform Committee, I mean, you cannot over, overstate the significance of serving on these committees at this time. Congressman Fry, welcome to the program. It's great to be here. Always a, always a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you, sir. And let me just comment. Uh, our FBI director, uh, Christopher Ray, that unfortunately my former governor, Chris Christie, recommended to President Trump. I don't think he ever, ever should have been appointed to the position. He's been making it clear in, in recent conduct. At first, sort of this uh, FD-1023 was elusive. Maybe it doesn't exist. Maybe it's lost. We can't find it. Then then the FBI director acknowledged its existence. I'm, I'm not trying to bore you, Congressman. You, you lived all this. Then he refused to honor the congressional subpoena after acknowledging that the document exists. Then it was, oh, Chairman Comer and Ranking Member Raskin, you can go look at it, and we'll give you some redacted Rorschach version. Then, uh, because the, the threat to uh, hold uh, the FBI director, Christopher Wray, in contempt of Congress comes along, now the whole entire House Oversight Committee got to see it. But I was saying to my audience for a long time, Congressman, there's a reason that an unclassified document that members of House Oversight, uh, that you're entitled, equal branch of government and all, to see this actual document has to be a reason that you you had all this stuff blocked out in it. So it turns out I think that um, Senator Grassley is right about it. It appears that part of the redacted stuff that you weren't allowed to see is that allegedly uh, this um, reliable FBI informant who they paid six figures plus to over a number of years uh, says that a Burisma Holdings executive says that he has 17 recordings, 15 of Hunter and the executive on the phone together from Burisma, two with Mm -hmm. then Vice President Biden. So where are we at with this? And this appears very deceptive and uncooperative on the part of the FBI congressman. No, I think you're exactly right. And this is the challenge since we've been here, you know, in office. I'm six months into this job. Um, but every time that we try to go get something that the American people demand, you know, in this case, it was an unclassified document, um, they deny the existence of it. And then they kind of ignore the reality and they paint us as conspiracy theorists. And all these things kind of culminate together. And we battle every single day. When you start connecting the dots, as we're doing and as your listeners do routinely, um, you know, you kind of see this very similar pattern where foreign entities, foreign governments, 
uh, through a series of wires pay members of the Biden family. And for what? I mean, they don't own any hardcore business where the structure where they produce widgets or anything like that. The only thing that they seem to have uh, that they do well is sell influence. And so you connect these dots and, and, and this stonewalling that goes on, it really is maddening because, look, I was in the state legislature not long ago. And if I ever had a question to an agency, I would pick up the phone and I would call the agency and they would get back to you and they would whether you liked the answer or not. They would get back to you and inform you as a member of the legislature what was going on. And here, it's totally opposite land in Washington, D.C., yeah. completely opposite. There you go. And the American people deserve better, and they expect better. Congressman Fry, and in, in this bizarro world that we're talking about, where up is down and in is out, up is down, you know, uh, right is wrong, all of it, President Trump has arrived from the reporting of Fox News to the Miami federal court. So he'll be uh, arraigned, as you know, on these 37 federal counts. Meanwhile, there's all this uh, information and some of it hard to come by, but you're getting there. You've had to go the real hard route of bank record requests and, you know, fought every step of the way. But there's got to be a reason why, and you're on House Oversight, Congressman, got to be a reason why you would have dozens of shadowy LLCs where uh, one of the informants said that there's so many bank accounts and so many limited liability companies where this money is flowing through. And there's a reason why these suspicious activity reports in record numbers over, what, 200 or more have been generated over the Biden family. You would normally think there'd be a lot of there there to look at, but it just doesn't seem to matter, does it? No, and I think one of the 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 biggest problems that I see is the inability of the press to think that this is a real story. I mean, the day that we we had a press conference in House Oversight about the bank records and what we were able to uncover and what we were able to see, um, all the press wanted to do was talk about George Santos. I mean, yeah. my gosh, like we have one of the biggest things out there that has dropped in a very long time, and they just ignore and they continue to kind of cover for the administration. I think it's unconscionable. They're not doing their job. You know, but it also shows the dichotomy, really, when you, you just talked about the arraignment coming up. Look at this. We have two we have two public figures. We have more, actually, but we have two public figures, both both of them presidents, and how they were treated and what exactly happened in each of their individual cases should tell the American people exactly what, what it is when we talk about weaponization of government. It's real. It's there. Uh, and people are disgusted by it. We're, we're tired of it. The double standards. I mean, you know, the president. President Trump gets a, a parking ticket, and it's a national story. We've got to go indict him. And then here, uh, with the with President Biden, I mean, they're allowed to walk over their documents, and it didn't matter that he was vice president or not, and he could keep them in a garage. And yep. no one seems to care. I know in in, in government about uh, what exactly happened. Yep. Congressman, I am so happy that we had this opportunity because I know because my good friend Congressman Van Drew in the same voting session that you are that we got you. Uh, is a real gift today because it, and it's going to be short because of that. So we have to run for now, but would love the opportunity to reconvene. And uh, thank you for your service. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank, thank you, Congressman you. Fry. Uh, so we continue. The the issue at hand, and I think it's an important one, and some of the callers today brought up the point, it just can't be about talking about this indictment. That can't be the campaign. You can't let that be the campaign. So what they have to do They have to find a way to address it, can't ignore it, because the other side is going to be running market saturation level 
type uh, collateral, both print, electronic. You're going to hear it. You're going to see it. You're going to read it. It's going to be everywhere. And they're going to make President Trump a criminal and Joe Biden the most honest thing that's ever come along. One of the extraordinary things, and I think it's starting to break down, this this undeserved reputation that, oh, you know, shucks, Joe, you know, honest Joe, the regular Joe, uh, the poorest guy in the Senate, rode the train every day. This is multimillionaire, Joe. This is we better connect the dots, Joe. This is we need. And, and what I think is also imperative, we cannot, I repeat, we cannot allow this to always be referred to as a Hunter Biden scandal. It's a Joe Biden scandal. You, you've got uh, Bobolinsky, You've got the laptop. You've got the phone messages. You've got certain other pretty corroborated allegations. You have some that have to be vetted and have to be worked through. There's a lot of work to do on some of this, like this alleged Burisma executive before. I'm, I'm always very careful. That, that's alleged. That's not proven. But guess what is proven? That significant wire transfers have gone out to various Biden family members in big numbers, even grandchildren. I don't talk about the kids, and I don't, I don't want to talk about the grandchildren, but they got wire transfers. What's this all about? Usually, and I was a former bank executive, a wire transfer has associated with it. What's the transaction about? Commerce that took place. You did a deal. You sold something. Somebody paid for something. A wire transfer would satisfy the receipt. And it's completely transparent. We see these wire transfers for no apparent reason. There doesn't seem to be any reason why these foreign countries would be paying this kind of money. And again, it's not a Hunter Biden scandal. It's an investigation. It is a Joe Biden scandal and investigation that a lot of work has to be done. Because we're not even, I don't even think, even though we think we know a lot, I don't think we've scratched the surface on what's going to be uncovered with this. There's no doubt in my mind that there's much more. And I will tell you this. If there are recordings, it's ball game, checkmate, see you later time. It's over. If there, Because remember, we have our president saying that he never discussed his son's business dealings, which, which really makes me think, and I'm a dad, and I'm very familiar with my three children's business and what they do for a living and all kinds of things. Why wouldn't you be? You're the father. How is that answer even acceptable? He's never had a discussion with his son about his business dealings. Well, doesn't that tell you either he's the worst dad in America, and I don't think that's it. I think he's a loving dad. That'll give him. I think he's a very loving dad, unconditionally so. You can see he cries about Bo, and I would too, and he loves Hunter. He calls Hunter the smartest man he's ever known. He defends him to no end. But you're going to tell me he doesn't talk, and nobody's intellectually curious in, in important, powerful positions to say, hey, that, that answer is not credible. Of course you've talked to your son because there's a recording of him on the phone talking, leaving a message for his son. Hey, the story's coming out, but, you know, we're going to be okay. It looks good. It's a good story. I mean, come on. They're in it. He's in the pictures. He's, he's in all the digital communications about 
meeting all these people. There are people that are saying that he's been at meetings. So this is not credible. And I do believe if it's Trump v. Biden, the rematch, Trump is going to tee off. Sometimes you think you know how it's going to go and that Trump would be the one always on the defense. Oh, you're criminally charged. You're indicted. Look at you. You're a criminal and all this stuff. Trump is going to be able to flip that script, I believe, with great success. I do want to thank uh, the whole team, Jimmy and Michael and Joshua, for the opportunity to work with you today. It's always a privilege to participate on this great show, which Jimmy has built to such a relevant program. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.